Welcome to the Chad Prather Show. As always, we come to you from Studio 22. All the cast of characters are in-house. Here's what we're going to do, Puppet Master Mark. We're going to do one big photo poster of everyone who is regularly on this show, and it's going to look like the latest Avengers movie. Like, put me in the center because, of course. Duh. And then we're going to put everybody around us, and you're going to be holding – you're going to be over all of us like uh, – um, Thanos, but you're going to be the puppet master the with puppet strings, master. and you're going to be like, we're all going to be attacked. But I think we all need a poster because I got a request this week from someone who said, could you send us an autographed picture? I don't take, I like, I, yeah, sometimes like, okay, if it's a kid or something like that, I might send an autographed picture. But my wife takes that stuff seriously, so I'm always signing yeah. these pictures, sending them out. Yes, yeah. it's a thing, Heaton. It's a thing. And I just burped. So... <laughs> The guy sends a message after he gets the thing, and he goes, thank you for that, but I want a picture of everyone with everyone's signature. And I'm like, all right, let's do this thing. This podcast is going to be a true ensemble cast is what it's going to be. I like that. And today we're coming back to you with everybody's favorite episode, High Balls with Heat. And this is episode, I'm going to go with five or six. Real quick, I get a lot of autograph requests. People will email me and go, can you get me a Chad Prather autograph? <laughs> and I'm like, why? Why are you doing it? Like, it always makes me feel bad. Like, just like, just tell me you like me and Chad. And they're like, can you pass this idea on to Chad? I'm like, well, how did I become the middleman? I, I, I well. send all of those emails. Yeah, well, you send them? That's like Party Foul Steve. We just had a... We just had a because uh, folks, folks that are watching this, we just had uh, the Blaze TV's legal finally, after a month of fighting this thing, pull down someone's YouTube channel because they were ripping all of my stuff oh, yeah. and they were posting as their own. And so right. anyway, we had to pull down. Coincidentally, my YouTube it, channel got shut down. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, it could, if I could borrow some of your facial hair and just get some spirit gum and I'm put it back on my face, yeah. don't do it. He, we'll, meet, we'll meet halfway. There's not a woman on the planet that wants you to shave. That's not a thing. Women want beards. Women want beards. At this stage in the podcast, if you're watching on YouTube or, or Facebook, you'll see the live comment sections right now. Women want beards. Yeah. Just, I, 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 look, I think I look better with a beard, but I look older with a beard. And that, but like, I'm 35, and I look like I could be a Lincoln impersonator tomorrow. <laughs> and like, I'm I'm afraid that any day now I'm going to implode and turn into bearded Ian McKellen. So like, I'm like, if <laughs> you sure not bad. If I shave, I can go back. Me being 35, if I shave, I can go back to looking 38, which is the goal. I just want to stay there as long as I can. I don't understand that as a beauty secret where you cover a third of your face. Yeah, you know, you just hide all the imperfections, which apparently are all below our nose, because I look like a dirty Q-tip. Like I read, this is bad. This is a bad look. I shaved my face for a movie role. I gained all this weight. You would think I would lose weight for a movie role. I look like a thumb in a cowboy hat. I'm so disgusted with myself right now. But then I look over and I see Jennings sitting in the peanut gallery <laughs> wearing, like, wearing Glenn like Beck's cowboy hat. Than the thumb. <laughs> it's party time, mom. At least you have facial hair. At least it's, there's definition between your face and your neck. Golly, party foul. Look at party foul. Look at sexy over I there. I look slim over here. Oh, yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Man, this is you. messed up. This is the worst passive aggressive podcast. This cast of characters. But we're going to do the poster, Puppet Master. Candice, oh, yeah. we're going to get uh, we're going to get uh, uh, 
Alexander Samalski on this deal. We're going to do it. All you got to do is look at my artwork from the Chad Prather show. That's kind of the image we're going for. Like, like here I am, but I fade to black. But we're going to put all our faces around. Like, we're just going to be a cast of characters. Okay, nice. You know what's weird to me on that Avengers poster is how Mark Ruffalo appeared as Mark Ruffalo. He was Bruce Banner, not the Hulk. Like, how much money are they trying to save on this franchise that they can't take a picture of the freaking cartoon? Like they can't, <laughs> he wasn't even full Hulk on the last two movies. I mean, what happened with this? All of a sudden now he's in the Hulk-like Iron Man suit in the one where everybody disappears. And then the one in the last one where, oh God, I almost did something mean and gave a spoiler. But in this last one, have you not seen the movie Ch- yet? Chad, I think you, you, know? just, you just out-nerded me. I've never, I just, I've not, never been in this position with you. But now the Hulk is like in Mark Ruffalo's voice wearing glasses. He's like the Hulk professor. Did you read uh-huh. the comic books? Yes. So you know what happens in episode... In- I read the original comic books, not this crap that came out after nerds started going to San Diego and getting together get together yeah, at a nerd, convention Nerds center. really ruined comic books. Yeah, they that did. was Yeah, that was... <laughs> like back when they were the province of jocks, <laughs> comic books were so much better. Hey, look, to each their own. At least you found a place, Heaton. <laughs> All I'm saying is, do you remember back when Star Wars was just a movie? Yeah. It wasn't like a, a, a bunch of... Freaking little Harlequin novels that everybody's reading, mm. and you're finding out where Chewbacca came from. Nobody cares Kashyyyk. where Chewbacca came <laughs> he from. He came from Kashyyyk, Chad. He came from Kashyyyk. He's 450 years old. Yeah. Which, actually, that means Han Solo is like, he's Chewbacca's dog. Think about it. Okay, Yeah. 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 In terms of lifespan, if I had a 400-year-old Labrador retriever, it'd still be a dog. See, this is the stuff no, you want to hear. No, but I'm talking about in terms of lifespan. Okay, yes, okay. If it's based on seniority. You will never have a 500-year-old Labrador retriever. Yeah, and so in this day and age, because well. of nerds breeding dogs, you'll never even have a pure-blooded Labrador retriever. Because we've screwed everything up with labradoodles and stupid crap <laughs> like that. Pete, when are you going to take some I responsibility? Had, I'm going to get a. Do- I think I'm going to get a dog Memorial Day. I think I'm going to do that. I had no, a, you're not. I had, I had, I had a dog like, when I first moved to New York. My dog was half. It was my roommate's dog, but it was half corgi, half German Shepherd, which is just basically a dwarf German Shepherd, and it was awesome. And it, like on top of that, I was dating a woman at the time. Thank you. And, a woman? Yeah, a woman I was, waiting, I was dating her. And the dog didn't understand what like, kissing. Was she 60? Was she a widow? Was this breakfast at <laughs> We're Tiffany's? We're not allowed to say girl anymore, Chad. Did you not did, get this? Did she know that you were dating? <laughs> we, so no, hold on, let me finish my bit. My girlfriend would come over, and we would make out, and the dog didn't know what kissing was, so it would attack her because she thought <laughs> that she was eating my face. And I, and I, like, yes, it was kind of a cockblock, but at the same time, it was also really good that I knew that if she ever went crazy, the dog would be on my side. That was a great thing. That was, that was my point, is sometimes hybrid dogs are good. Corgi German Shepherd, good dog. This is why this is the most underrated combo on Blaze TV right here. Andrew Heaton and me. It's party time, Mom. This is the thing, man. I'm telling you, they just need to just just, just forget it. Let's consolidate. Forget your if, if in- you, you and I will eventually have a wagon show. Actually, I had a listener in my program who wants he literally he wants you and I to buy a van and just drive around L.A. and critique L.A. But then like crash other people's podcasts. And I was like, hmm. I don't I don't think I can make that happen yet. But I'm gung ho. That Who's sounds like a really. Uh, do what? 
Whose idea was this? It, one of the listeners in my program. The, the name escapes me presently, but I'll, I'll look That's it fantastic. up. But it was he was like he was he was like hey like Chad like I, I like it when you're on Chad show vice versa. Drive around L.A. and just critique L.A. There's some problems. I suspect he's right. And uh, and and then just go on other people's podcasts. And I was like that actually sounds like a great idea. Can I can I just tell you? And I apologize right now because I meant to send both you and Jennings uh, this email the other day. So my. I'm going to call him a friend. My friend Harmon Leon, uh, who is a gonzo journalist who inserts himself into these mm. situations. He's, he's, he's You mentioned him, yeah. He's further left than Pluto. I mean, he's left, left, left. Crazy left. most progressive planet. Yeah, <laughs> so he just did an article on conservative comedy in The Observer, and he, he featured me and Nick DiPaolo. Okay. Now, he was fair to me. I don't think he was fair to DiPaolo, but DiPaolo... Yeah, whatever. He's the way he is. Um, and if you don't know Nick DiPaolo, Nick's a funny, funny comedian, but he's also very conservative. He also kind of puts his finger, you know, gives the finger to anybody that. And so in his newest uh, comedy album, the, the the art for it is he's giving a finger to protesters. Well, one of the protesters is a Black Lives Matter guy that got killed by police. And so bad PR for in that regard. He didn't realize when they created the art he was giving the finger to a guy who got killed by cops. That being said, he went off and he started talking about conservative comedy. He says conservative comics always punch down versus liberal comics that punch up. So in other words, if you don't understand the comedy business, which trust me, I don't, punching up is whenever you go to the powers that exist and you're going after, like, say, the president or you're going after the Congress or the Senate or the king. You're going after the big. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. Punching down is you're picking on people with, um, I don't know, a a, a disability or something like that. You're going after that. You're going after minority, yeah. And so he asked me this. I said, look, I— Well, hold on. Real quick, I just want to throw out— I'm. I get. I get asked that question a lot when I do interviews about comedy of like punching up. I don't find comedy to be about punching. It's like not I, about punching. I, I find that such a weird conceit to be like, well, you must be fighting somebody, right? You must be picking it. Like, no. Like, watch Monty Python. Who are they punching? Right. Like, it's like there's there's plenty of room to just be funny. So I said to that point, and I agree with you. I said, well, I I don't think that's a fair evaluation at all. First of all, my comedy is self deprecating first and foremost because if I can make fun of myself four times out of five, I can make fun of you the fifth time. And I can say any damn thing I want to say. I don't give you white, black, gay, straight, you know, you know, skinny, fat. I, I don't care. I don't care what you are. I'm going to make fun of you. Heaton is all those things. I'm all those. things. I know you are. I'm. I'm, you are. I'm just. I'm everything. That yes. is. That I'm is. I'm a melange. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to do an Avengers poster of just Heaton, and it's going to be all the identities. That's fantastic. <laughs> <Great>. Good. <laughs> is, That's fantastic. You only help my end. Heaton will be the only puppet master holding the yeah. strings. Yeah. But we don't know which Heaton it is. It'll be the Overlord Master Heaton. Yeah, but I, but I I, th- I think you're right though with with the comedy though like like it's there, and there's an interesting shift that happened. I think we we might have talked about this on on any number of prior episodes, but if we haven't, um, I I think that like the the moral majority has shifted left over yeah. the last few years. So when I was a kid. Um, the Simpsons. Was I would say kinda, the moralistic, yeah, majority. Or, like, or I'll say, like, just in general, I feel like moral certitude and having a lot of sacred cows is very difficult from a comedic perspective. Sure. So that works. That works against social conservatives a lot too. If you're very religious and you're not like, there's there's just kind of an electric fence. I cannot say anything that involves God or religion. That's going to hurt you comedically. But at the same time, though, if you're going to go the other direction and I've got all these strictures, I can't say girl, I have to say woman. I, I've got like all these uh, and I, I need to be. Uh, how am I going to address? What's what, weird to me is that you that, do it, though. Huh? 
What's weird to me is that you do it. Me? You do it. I do it to some extent. You say woman instead of girl. Yeah. Like, I'm going to say chick. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's the difference between me and you. Yeah. I make you uncomfortable. I have one testicle, you have three. <laughs> I have one of yours. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, it's the smallest one in the sack. <laughs> that's the thing, though. But you're right. I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Well, like, like, you know, like, like as a smite, uh, as a slight modicum to me, like, I'm not saying you should like roll belly up to anything. I will. In, in general, I'm going to try to accommodate people as best I can, but I'm not going to go out of my way to learn all of the, the, the rules. Like there's a lot of social signaling that goes on yeah. where it's like, Hey, like I, everybody catch me. I said this thing and I made fun of the right group, whatever that group is, or I, I, I did this and I made, I made fun of them and they're the evil ones. Therefore I am not a witch. Like I don't do that. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm 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 not part of that whole thing. So that's my thing is so Harmon in this and Harmon's been on this show before. He'll come back on this show. We'll talk about it. And I have no problem disagreeing with him. I also have no problem uh, hearing his opinion. But here's a guy who says that he joined the Westboro Baptist Church and he joined the KKK in order to write articles about what it's like to be a Trump supporter. That's a BS. Way to oh, come yes. Up. You know, the, the, the core group of Trump supporters, so, all 72 people. With both exactly. Of the you yeah, yeah. The seventy four hundred nationwide. You know, so that's that's the you know, that's a WNBA game. And, and it also it belies something that I think is very problematic in the entire. Uh... <laughs> well, it's true. WNBA is the least is the least attended professional sports in the world. There might be 6,000 no. people that show up for a game. That's I, how many I, people I, you I, have. There, we there's nothing wrong with so much as the joke. We were laughing at that Heaton didn't get it. I think Western <laughs> basketball's fine. Whether you're from East or West NBA, it's okay. Heaton still thinks they're throwing it into a beach basket and bringing out a yeah. ladder um, after every play. No, it's good, but, but I, I think that part of that premise is that, that we are on a spectrum, and this is something that I hear a lot. I don't feel like I'm, I'm like, like, because we're talking about left, right. I don't usually use the terms left, right, because mm-hmm. it implies that there's a binary option. You're either conservative your liberal well i don't feel like i'm on that spectrum so so i don't really buy that and and you get into some weird things then where like if we're talking about richard spencer then richard spencer oh he's an extreme right winger or something well like like so he's a bigot who's in favor of a bunch of uh economically progressive ideas so like like i look at that and i'm like i don't i feel like he's kind of his own thing but a lot of people would be like well the more conservative you get the more Towards towards that you become. Towards it's like, Richard so, Spencer's the right. So basically, standard, like, yeah. yeah, and I look at that. I'm like, <laughs> you know, I've got a lot of conservative <laughs> friends that I, I would not say like the essence of their conservatism is some modicum of racism. Is an asshole. Yeah, like, yeah, I, like I don't measure you based on right. the biggest asshole yeah. in the room. That's a bad way to go to the prom. I agree. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'm just a dude now. I'm, I'm getting compared because I wore a pink boutonniere. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe when it comes to politics, there's more than two opinions. You know, like I think with, we're, with three, we're political orphans. Three hundred and thirty, exactly. We got three hundred thirty million people phrase. in America. I think that there's more than two ways of looking at things. Oh, and, of course there is. I mean, yeah. there's every there's every labelization that you can do out there. You know, mm-hmm. but 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 back to to the the thing on that. And I want your opinion on this. And I know we're way off track, but I don't care because you know what? We're not off track because we haven't even. We're the left masters the yet. of our own <laughs> destiny, my friend. That's right, yeah. And we are also the most underrated thing on Blaze TV. Agreed. Agreed. So therefore, we will continue to show the mastery of this genius. But Harmon said basically, because I pointed out the fact, I said, I don't think about the punching thing. I don't think that's a fair assessment. But what I do, like, if I can make fun of you, I'm going to make fun of you. But I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're the president. I don't care if you're, you know, you know, Petey that bought the bird for $5 because he's blind and the, you know, the bird's head fell off. Anyway, so it's a dumb and dumber joke. Don't worry about uh, okay. it. Jim Carrey. I love Jim Carrey. Basketball. Basketball. Peach basket. <laughs> Um, but I said that Adam or not, I'm sorry, Alec Baldwin said in an interview two weeks ago, he said, 
I said, here's the issue. Because his, his point was, why are there no conservative talk shows that work? Why are there no conservative comedians that get themselves in the mainstream? Well, I can tell you why. Because the, 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 the power brokers that are out there, the puppet masters, if you will, they're liberal. And they're not going to let that voice be heard. Come on, man. Look, Last Man Standing has been killing it. It's been killing it for season after season on this stuff. Tim Allen, admittedly, Tim Allen has a mostly liberal writing crew, but they write right. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? So he's like, why isn't it accepted? I said, well, because of the power brokers that are out there. But Alec Baldwin said that outside of L.A. and New York, America is made up of flyover Americans. And I said, that pisses me off. Like, if you're going to consider us flyover Americans, like, we don't count unless we're in the L.A. or New York City bubble. That's ridiculous. And so he countered on that and basically said that my audience or a Nick DiPaolo audience were tiki torch carrying red hat Um, MAGA uh, clan, you know, sheet wearing. And I'm like, come on, dude. That has nothing to do. Well, may I compliment Alec Baldwin on really promoting Donald Trump then? Because that's really the kind did. of thing that makes Donald Trump supporters. Is, is And I, I'm not saying that everybody's in that camp, but I'm going to say, like, me being from Oklahoma, like, uh, I, I know a lot of people that weren't even that enthused about Donald Trump, but were so pissed off at being spoken down to by a, a group of people from where I used to live in New York City or from elsewhere, that whose political motto was basically, shut up and eat your vegetables, you dumb yokel. <laughs> and, like, weirdly enough, weirdly enough, towering contempt is not... Not a great way to convert people to your yeah. cause. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think that's a terrible. Like, 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 and breaking that down too, the the idea that there are no, uh, that there aren't any conservative comedians. Basically, what he's saying is there are, there aren't conservative comedians because you can't be funny and conservative. You can only be good and intelligent if you're progressive. Yeah, um, I uh, that in and of itself. I mean, Bob Hope was a Republican. He did pretty well. Uh, Dennis Miller. I don't feel like like Dennis. I, I suspect Dennis Miller probably has had a comparable sense of humor the last few years. <laughs> Reasonably um, developed. Like, like yes. it's you know he did did okay. Like Colin Quinn. Like like I, I don't know quite where he is, but I suspect You're that Colin much Quinn. Close would, to that. Would, Bill would, Burr is another one. Yeah, and yeah. Bill Bill Burr. Bill Burr is like God. Bill Burr is like a he's probably a Democrat, but he is way 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 more comfortable he's, kicking is, every single social liberal construct than he I am. Probably is a Democrat, but he's extremely a libertarian Democrat. Yeah, yeah, very yeah. much so. But yeah, like maybe there's more than two options, and 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 then just uh, there's a lot of things you can lie with that too. Like like Lauren Michaels a couple of years ago, they they interviewed him uh, maybe four years ago now, and they asked something about that, and like he was kind of bald faced about it, and he was like, uh, well, whenever we make fun of Democrats on on uh, Saturday Night Live, everybody flips out, so we just quit doing it. Like I, I'm paraphrasing here, but kind of I looked at that and I went, well, is it that conservatives can't make a joke, or is it that liberals can't take a joke? Can't take a joke because that's something worth thinking about. Yeah. Anyway. Well, it's been a good show, Chad. I just did my facial hair. <laughs> I'll, I'll see back. myself to the door. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to send you this article. It's going to piss you off because I know you guys, and you're smart enough to see that. It's like what you said, what you say a minute ago about in uh, Alec Baldwin. He doubled down on it because the interviewer tried to give him an out. Like, did you really mean to say? And he was like, oh, no. this." And he doubled down on it. So anyway. All right. On a high balls with heat, not only do we fix the world's problems about things you don't care about, but only we do. We also talk about things that, man, eh, things we probably disagree on. Let's pull something out okay. of the head yeah. and see. Candice, are you okay? Look at Candice over here just lounging, just kicking it back over here. Right. Queen of the Ethiopians. I do what I can. Oh, bless you. Who's drinking the Coke Zero on my set? 
That would be me. <laughs> Heaton, is it any good? Are you over there going I, I through the head? I haven't opened it, but can I can I say a quick thing to go back to our earlier topic though? Yeah, please. Like like, like I've got it's a your lot, show too. I, thank you. I've got like I've got family in Alva, Oklahoma, and I've got family in Edmond, Oklahoma, and uh, I like they're they're lovely people. And if if like my my friends from New York got God bless Buddy Heaton, Buddy uh, Buddy Heaton, he's got other families in Oklahoma. Dead. He just doesn't know about yet. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> there's well, we've got a lot of people out at, in in prison and outside, but but uh, no, like like uh, like my my family in Alva who are very traditional people. I'm mm-hmm. I'm a hundred percent confident that if I called them again, these are people that go to a Methodist and a Baptist church and all that. They live in Alva, Oklahoma. If I called them and was like, "By the way, I'm gay, and I'm going to be taking my my boyfriend home for Thanksgiving this year," I think they would go, "Okay, can you tell Jerome to bring potato salad?" <laughs> like they would like a hundred percent invite me in. You like, have a black boyfriend. Yeah, that's that's if I'm going to go, I'm going to yes, absolutely. But my point is, I think that they would be 100%. I, I don't like when the Alec Baldwins of the world like like make these swings at all these good people that I'm related to. Anyway, Everybody right. in this room heard Black Boyfriend. That's all I'm going to say. I don't know what your white Jerome. Okay. Anyway, you, here's the topic for today. You had Sebastian Unger on your show, right? Yeah, it's Sebastian Unger on the show. Yeah, yeah well, let's talk about that after the okay. show. But anybody, anyway, go back and okay. watch Highballs. I'm not Highballs with Heaton, but something's off with Andrew Heaton. Uh, the question for today too. is, do all people have equal value? No. <laughs> <laughs> I like depends. What, what are we talking about? Let's talk about. Okay, let's first of all let's define economic value. No. Value. Yeah. Let's talk yeah, about exactly. value. Yeah. What is value? So, uh, economic value. No. Um, in terms of contribution value, no. I think I'm a that, no on this. To be honest with you, I, I'd, I'd say like like where, where where I'm egalitarian is. I think like everybody has a base level of human dignity, and everybody has a base level of rights. So, like everyone's equal in that capacity, but in, in terms term- of dignity, I will agree with yeah, you. Yes. But, but in terms of val, in terms of value towards other people, if that if that's the metric by which we're looking at it, then I'd say no. Like, so let's so let's talk about let's let me ask you this thing because this is a big pro-abortion argument that's going around right now. Oh, okay. So we were so, going to agree. We were going to agree. We were almost there. I don't. But that's not how Damn. I do. Well, it's not how at all we do this show. <laughs> so I keep hearing people who say, okay, if if a if a clinic was on fire and there was this, you know, bottle of human zygotes that were somehow existing in a whatever. It's just, a normal it's just, everyday it's Tuesday just, situation, yeah. folks. <laughs> and then there was a five-year-old in the other room, but you could only save one. Are you going to save this hundred babies, potential babies, potential human beings yeah. that are, that are you know, in the, in the tube over here? Or are you going to save the five-year-old? What are you going to save? And I've had people who have said on social media, I've watched them say this, say, I have yet to hear a pro-lifer give an adequate, logical answer for that. Well, for me, it's not that hard. I'd save the five-year-old. Just like if there was a 75-year-old in the other room versus a five-year-old, I'd still save the five-year-old. All right, okay. it's the same deal. See, I would just go with whichever one's lighter. If it's <laughs> if it's like a five pound bottle of zygotes, I'm going to go with that. If it's yeah. like a who's like, can I put this in my pocket? I'm like, who's screaming louder? That's who yeah. I'm going after. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate your nobility, Chad. Now but. we have Chad Robichaud, who's an MMA fighter, who's consistently on the show. He's he's what pushing five two. I mean, he's an MMA world champ, eight time deployed Afghanistan, uh, uh, JSOC. Force Recon Marine. I don't even ask the guy how many people he's killed, but I know how many he's beat up. And and I'm like, I can't even put him in my pocket because if we're basing it on size or likeness, that ain't going to work. So 
Yeah, I mean, so that's what I'm saying. Okay, so what's worth more? Well, yeah. So why why would you pick the five? Because because like like I think nor, a lot of the pro pro life perspective is that at conception it is a child. Yeah, it so, is a person, right? So why, well, why would you why would you do okay. that? And and again for the abortion thing, I'm taking the abortion thing aside. For me, it's more about again. Let's go back to the topic at hand, and that's the value of life. Come here to me. Come here to me, Heaton. Yeah. Now that we're talking about abortion, we really should have whiskey. You know what? Hey, at least you can still get somebody pregnant. <laughs> thank you thank you whiskey <laughs> well i'm trying <laughs> we'll see what happens later tonight anyway not with me we usually go to dinner after this so y'all are welcome it's party is time jerome home. coming it's party time <laughs> you can't so, get jerome to bring pregnant some stuffing <laughs> You can't get Jerome. I feel pregnant. like I made this misstep, making this wonderful exegesis about how tolerant Alva, Oklahoma yeah, is. We all I'm going to get Jerome pillared Hayden. for this. We Listen, all love Jerome. I'm going to go down right now and just make a bet that that's the first time the words Alva, Oklahoma and exegesis have ever been used in the same sentence. <laughs> Alva, Oklahoma, proud home of Northwestern State University. I'm sure that there have been people that have okay. said exegesis. I'm sure they have, but not in the same sentence as Alva. <laughs> <laughs> they haven't mentioned both of them together. Okay, so... My thing is, why would I pick the five-year-old? Well, yeah. because it's a five-year-old. And the five-year-old can scream for help. The five-year-old has a future. The five-year-old has a viability of life. We already know that the five-year-old is alive. We know that the five-year-old. So what are you comparing to? The, the, the bucket of zygotes well, okay, so or the 75-year-old? Well, so the 75-year-old, so in that regard, in my opinion, has lived their life. Okay. You know what? Get your own scrawny ass out of the burning building. Well, so, no, this is good. This, so the 75-year-old in the bucket of zygotes, you'd go bucket of zygotes. I'd have to think about that bucket of zygotes thing. <laughs> well, but like we all same would. logic, though. Like the the seventy five year olds live their life. All that the stuff. The other side of that logic is I would have to sit there and say, okay, so so if we're talking if we're talking about you know in oh you would have to save you. yourself first because you're carrying around a bucket of. <laughs> I, I, you know what? Now that I'm, I'm back yeah, in the flaming barn, I'm going to go. No, I just I don't feel comfortable I, making this decision. I'm just going to leave. Here, no, come on. Here's what you do. You go grab the 75-year-old and you say, look here, carry this bucket. How many zygotes can you hold, <laughs> old timer? Like, I don't trust a five-year-old to carry the friggin' bucket without spilling zygotes all over the room. Like, here's the thing. I need you to carry this bucket. Can you do this for me? There's right. a five-year-old in the back room. But, Chad, if it's a paraplegic 75-year-old nah, and a bucket of zygotes, you're going to – okay, all right. I can put the paraplegic in the bucket. Okay. <laughs> Save them all at once. All right. No, but I – so it's a ludicrous argument because how many times – again, when are you going to be in a room? But let's go back to – let me finish that thought. When are you going to be in a room with – a bucket of potential human life forms that that aren't even human life forms at that point. Well, you know I, I'm saying? I, due to downsizing, I now live at a sperm bank. So I could be for me. <laughs> I'm going to get time. drawer five and drawer yeah. 15 and drawer 17. Drawer but, uh, yeah, I'm a regular people, though. I don't know. I, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get this cup and that cup. <laughs> come hey, on, guys. Come bring, on. Everybody <laughs> jump in the Gatorade cooler. Okay, swim. Okay, let's out. go. <laughs> let's go. I'm just going to pour a bunch of water on the floor. Fend for yourselves. <laughs> Swim to the Pacific. One of you can make it. It's like it's like finding Nemo, <laughs> but at the sperm bank. Just swim towards swimmers in a bag. Come on, all of our pressure going this way. Oh my God, I love this show. But let's go back to value. Right. Who's more valuable? Look at Jennings and look at Party Foul Steve. Look at these two specimens of humanity. Look at both of them. They sit over there silently, staring. Drink the, it the, in, folks. Drink the, it in. Like, like which Get do you em. save? 
And, and I do not have the bucket of zygotes as an answer. So, <laughs> so like both of these guys fulfill me in different ways. He may fulfill you. I, I don't. Think. I don't really want one, to talk about that one on camera. One fulfills Ted. me. One fulfills me in intellectual ways by by helping me think of which one's of, that? That's you. That's you. And another one fulfills me in some very common sense kind of ways, and also in physical kind of ways. And I don't mean like that kind of physical, but he travels with me on the road, and I I, I have carried more bags and, and luggage than I can carry by myself. So in that sense, he's very valuable. You're both very valuable. Are you, are you wanting I, us to I, fill like a bucket with zygotes? Is it, what's going, are you going But with? if I had to pick one of you to euthanize, it would be you, Jennings, because we're all trying to eat. I knew it. And, <laughs> I knew although, see, you're the only guy in this room that pays me, so I would get you out of I'd, the room. I'd kill Jennings. I've known him 20 years. <laughs> yeah. And, and he already tries to kill me. Jennings has so much crap on me. Like, if I needed to get rid of blackmail tomorrow, the one person to kill would be Jennings. So I, I feel like that would probably be a smart move. What do you think? Well, I think I think that uh, you should stop saying the word blackmail because we all think Jerome when you say it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> There's so many people turning off this podcast right now. That's, my career's going to end over me defending <laughs> Alva for being a tolerant place. <laughs> There's, have you ever taken a Jerome to Alva, Oklahoma? <laughs> no, I took, I took a vegetarian girlfriend at one point. I was actually kind of oh, worried about worse. that. That like, is worse. No, because I got to say, like, these people, like, like I'm, I'm a comedian, and so they're like, you know, we all love Cousin Andy, and he, uh, <laughs> he just tells jokes. Great. Like, because, like, these are very practical people. No, I did bring a vegetarian girlfriend. I was really worried about that because my Uncle Dan is a cattle farmer. And I was like, that was more worried about that than I was about any religious thing. Like, if it was like, well, they're all Protestant. And like, you know, she if she was an atheist or something like that. No, but, but they were fine, though. They were great. Hollywood keeps bringing me out to pitch these sitcom ideas. I want to do the Heatons. Great. I do. Here's yeah. this intellectual libertarian agnostic mm-hmm. named Andy Heaton. Yeah. And the rest of the family, Buddy Heaton. Buddy Heaton, yeah. Dean Heaton. I don't even know who Dean is, but, but that's yeah. a funny. Did, did we, because we talked about Buddy Heaton when we were hanging out last time. Yeah. Did we bring him up on the show at all for, for people in terms no. of context? I don't think we did. We didn't. Uh, Buddy Heaton is a distant relative of mine who is probably dead, and he is a, uh, or was a rodeo clown with a, an extensive criminal background. An extensive <laughs> criminal background. Like, I grew up. I like again going back to Alva. Uncle Dan, the cattle farmer, would come in when I was a little kid. This would be like like Christmas, circa nineteen ninety eight, and he'd come in and go, "You guys hear about Buddy? Cancer got him." And we're like, "Oh man!" And then the following year, Uncle Gary, the other uncle, would come in. You guys, you get hear about uh, a Buddy? Faked his death, tax evasion. <laughs> and like so, like this, I had this mythical member of my family that would like die and come back from the dead. And like the last time anybody saw him uh, in his hometown of Hopeton, Kansas, he came through with a semi truck and he like like parked the car at sunset. And he's like, "I'm from Hopeton, Kansas, beloved native son. Every kid gets a bicycle." And he started pricing up bicycles and stuff. And the following day, the FBI came because he just stolen a semi truck full of bicycles. Uh, so like that is. I, he's absolutely ready to be a sitcom character. That's awesome. Yeah, he's like yeah, bicycle yeah. Santa. Oh yeah, the, yeah. Like he he get. Um, I, I've I've tried tracking down stuff like there like there are weird stories in my family where like there's there's one about how he owned land that had a there was a a, a railroad line that crossed it and the story is that he tried to rob a train car because there was a, a federal train carting plutonium. 
And so, like, I'm like, I this, I think that we basically got drunk and watched Back to the Future and sort yeah, of like merged the, Iran- the plots, build a, build a pinball machine for yeah. the Iranians. Yeah, yeah, but no, he did that. He he, he used to. I, I've I've caught this in newspapers. He got drunk and he would uh, he would when we visited a new city, he'd go to like Salt Lake City, Utah, and he would get drunk and ride his bison up and down an elevator shaft until the police came. And that's just what he would do. This before Netflix, what people had to do. His bison. He had a, a bison named Snuffer, or uh, hold on. <laughs> I think it was Snuffer, and and he had it was a white bison. It actually had a stage name. I'm not making any of this up. It had a stage name and a real name. I don't know why your bison needs a stage name, but he would he would he would get into the elevator and he'd get like really drunk and he would just ride it up and down all day in the Salt Lake City Tribune. I hate you, Eaton. This is a great conversation about abortion. This this is the I've had to listen to for 18 years. 18 years I've been listening to this. Let me tell you something. I look. I've been on the road for ten days. I'm exhausted. I got home on Sunday and I just crashed. Like I couldn't open my eyes for 24 hours. And I don't care if anyone anyone enjoys these episodes. <laughs> they are therapeutic for me. I love them. The randomness of it, just the sheer random. We have an audience out there. We have. It might not be the, the 45 to 65 year old desperate housewife demographic, Trump voting, um, looking for a man, women out there. But let me tell you, we got. There is. There is. There are a lot of Jeromes out there looking Good. for us. Good. But so, okay, so we can come down to the fact and say that um, people all have the same value in terms of their dignity, in terms of their creation, which you don't believe in. Exactly, yes. Yeah, see, no, you, I, but see, okay, philosophically, you can't say people have the same value. Ooh, can I not? No, you can't because you believe in evolution. Damn, okay. All right. Do you not believe in evolution? No. Are, are, uh, when, when do you think the earth was made? I believe in divine creation. How long ago? Eh. Cause, well, cause I, feel, I know where you're baiting me to go. No, but no, no, no. Because no, no, I, I feel like, like the, the like, like uh, so Darwin was British, and like there was this kind of weird thing where like most of the the English clerics just went, okay, God made evolution. Like that was never really a thing for them. Well, they're they're yeah, exactly. Well, they had to justify that. You know, was there a fiat creation? Was there one big snap of the fingers? I tend to not believe that. I uh, well, yeah, they, they they would say that like I evolution's would, a tool of the divine, the same way erosion I or anything else. I can is. see that, and I could also probably defend that, although I don't necessarily def- uh, believe that. I, I I I am a shorter age of the Earth, but I'm not a short age Earther. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't think the Earth is ten thousand years old, but I don't think the Earth is billions and billions of years old. I believe that's a construct of those who are evolutionists because they do need as much time as possible in order to make all this stuff work. I didn't want to say anything, but we've been planning this. We've been trying to like push back the age of the earth and, and you're <laughs> you're exactly right. We it's, it's actually well, I, it's, time it's plus slime, man. 20, That's what you got to have to get this kind of have, perfection. Yeah, the uh uh, 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 uh GK Chesterton mm-hmm. wrote a book called um Don't think, no, be careful whose name you take in vain now. G- I, no, I'm, I yeah, like G.K. Chesterton. I'm a huge Chesterton fan. I'm a Chesterton fan. fan. I'm a yeah. C.S. Lewis fan as well. Um, Chesterton, uh, he wrote Orthodoxy, which is the only book with which I'm, I'm really familiar great, with his canon. Great stuff. Um, but he wrote another book, um, and he talks about in it that there's an odd thing that happens with human psychology where if something happens really slowly, it makes more sense to us. And he, like, he brings up evolution, which was kind of in, in the dock at the time. And he says, like, if you saw a guy walking across the sky, you wouldn't be like, that's cr- oh, he's walking slowly. It's fine. Like you, you, you know, like so. You know, there's something to that. My my thing there is, if you go back to Darwinian thought, true Darwinian thought, whenever he wrote evolution, you know, it, 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 when he when he wrote and came out with this thing of, I mean, it was called 
when he writes the origin of, yeah, where do I want to go with this without going too deep in it, Heaton? When he writes origin of the species, yeah. the preservation of the favored races of life, that in is, is inherently racist, okay? That's inherently racist. So what that says is there are some out there who are not favored races. There is not the preservation of those favored races. So that means, therefore, some are more, quote, ape-like than others, which by its very definition and by the declination of what he was writing says that people can't be of the same value as somebody else. Okay. Now, look, I can take myself and a person of African-American or whatever, black, whatever you want to call it, we are a point zero 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 one percent difference, and it only comes down to the melatonin of our skin. Otherwise, mm-hmm. as a human being, as a homo sapiens, there is no biological difference in us. There's plenty of cultural difference, but biologically there's no difference. Mm-hmm. That's not what uh, someone like Darwin was saying. Now, was Darwin onto something? Possibly. But I've, always, I've seen evolution in the terms of something becoming more of what it already is, but I haven't seen a true evolution where something has come over to being something that it was not before. Well, it it wouldn't surprise me. That's adaptation, not evolution. Yeah. It it wouldn't surprise me at all. I'm I'm not familiar with that part of Darwin, but it wouldn't surprise me if a, I think, 18th century thinker, I guess 19th century, he's like 1840 or so. It wouldn't surprise me if he also was like into phrenology and and uh, had like not feeling the bumps on people's heads. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all. Nor nor <laughs> nor, nor would it. Or, or if or, or if he was like because there there were like there was this weird thing for a long time. Like all the Europeans were in this big race to find like the earliest skeleton because the thinking was that you wanted to confirm that your country was the origin point. So like like a. Hilton man or whatever it was like, like yeah. the Germans are like, ah, okay, we confirmed it. We're the origin point of mankind. Yeah. And like, like now we're, we're all kind of thinking like, well, we probably came out of Africa. That's what we think now. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me if Darwin thought that, but, but like, but it's also um, like from, from my vantage point, if, if I agree with Darwin about this one thing, I don't have to agree with him about all these other things, because like for me, like Darwin is not a, a religious inflection. It's just a basket of ideas. And I, I'm, I'm at liberty to pick the good ideas and the bad ideas. So if, if he had some like racial supremacist ideas, I'd be like, well, that's terrible. I don't agree with that. But like the bit about like, you know, uh, survival of the fittest and all that, and that seems like a pretty good one. I'll take yeah. that. Do you remember, uh, if you see the movie, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Yes. Do you remember the, a the great opening bluegrass scene? film. A my, great it's bluegrass my, it's film. It's my favorite all-time movie, quite honestly. Just, I mean, and that's hard to pick a favorite movie. But when they when they escape and they get on to the, um, you know, the, the old blind man. And this is, of course, this is the Odyssey. This is Homer's The Odyssey. This is a retelling mm-hmm. of The Odyssey. This is Ulysses. And so they're on the deal, and the guy's pumping the deal, and he's prophesying to him. Here's this old black man. He's blind, and they're all getting – these prisoners are on there. And he's like, I have no name. You seek a treasure. And they're like, ah. Oh! And so anyway, they get off there, and the guy's going – and he said, but it is a treasure you will not find. And so he's like, well, you know, uh, the blind have been known to possess a certain uh, ability to see, you know – reality the way that and, and i'm paraphrasing here but he's like basically he's saying yeah this guy's a, a mystic prophet you know he possesses a, a, a second sight and then, so the little guy says but he says we will not obtain the treasure he says what's he know he's just an ignorant old man <laughs> <laughs> so that's basically kind of what you're saying heaton yeah it's basically saying okay yeah. look these guys possess all this insight until it gets to something we don't like yeah. and he's like well basically they didn't know what we know no, you, yeah, you can be a moron and have a good idea. 
hundred percent. You can be a moron and have a good idea. You're I say, know well, that's, that. That's a, a good fact. idea. I'll take that one, but I don't like this other bit. <laughs> yeah, that's a fact. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> all I'm saying is, based on that worldview, you can't say that everybody has the same value because somebody is going to evolve faster or more readily or more fully than another person has. Well, I think I think based on my worldview. Uh, myself and the other people with my worldview have to impart the value to others, right? Oh, so we, we, see, ha- we that, have to assess You just them. made yourself superior to people. No, you no, can't f- for me. Something no, 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 no. Hold on. I, I, I have to be the one determining value based for, for me because I'm, I'm not accepting it from a foreign source. So you're saying you value them regardless of yeah. their it's a, uh, inability. Well, all, well, all I'm saying is it's ultimately a social Infertility. Construct. It's a social construct. So, Insecurities. Yes, so like in, in my the, case, being a very insecure, infertile guy. Handicaps. Yeah. Color of skin. I'm, I'm, I'm going to base a whole thing around height, me. Yeah, I'm, I'm a tall guy that's infertile and insecure, <laughs> and so I want that to be okay. And so, yes, I'm going to do all these things. No, like, like I, I, I think, uh, yeah, uh, from, from my vantage point, it's all the social construct because, um, remember, I live in a universe of moist robots. That's it. We're all moist robots. <laughs> we live. We live. We live in a cosmos. Moist robotic chemi- political chemicals. Orphans. It's just I believe in chemicals and infinity. Those are the two things I believe in. So within that, you have to figure out what you think, what you believe, in all that. So in terms of dignity, yeah, like like dignity is a made up concept, right? So I like from my vantage point. No. So, what? Yeah, it is. No, it's not. It's an imparted concept. Okay. Well, that's where Come we on. disagree. That we we disagreed on everything. Okay, I want to. How is how is dignity a made up concept? Well, if, if you're a moist robot in a universe that's full of nothing but chemicals and math, uh, then, then dignity is what you impart on it, right? So, like, from, from uh, where I'm at, um, I would like uh, all people to have equal dignity, uh, but I don't believe that there's any type of, um, like, inherent Obi-Wan Kenobi-like uh, energy that's pervading them. It's just that we all kind of agree that that's, that's a good way to go about it. So hopefully the midichlorians test out. Yes. And there's enough of hopefully them in so. our blood to make yeah, yeah, us yeah. worthy of the Jedi. Yeah, science, don't, don't, t- don't go looking for <laughs> midichlorians. Leave that on the table. We would prefer that to be kind of open the air. So my yeah. thing is, so basically it takes a supreme group of human beings who are going to impart dignity to uh, the rest of the world. To no, say no, that- to be very, very clear, I am not saying that there's any type of group that imparts <laughs> dignity to you. What I'm saying is that uh, if, if you are not accepting a framework from another person, then you ultimately are the one that's coming up with how you interact with the world, right? So I'm not saying that dignity is imparted to you by some some group. I'm, I'm saying that if it's all made up, then 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 you're you're participating in what you think it should 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 be valued. Yeah. Well, again, I come back from an imparted dignity because I believe that we're created in God's image, which is a place where that we're going to disagree. Mm-hmm. For now, you'll come around. I hope so. I hope I get struck by lightning, and and then there's like a big boom in the sky, and God goes, "I exist." And I I'm like, "Oh, you, good. I'll go back to coffee hour." I assure you, that will never happen. <laughs> that will never happen. I would. There's a lot of people in the world who wish it would happen. So anyway, and here it was. Candice wanted us to pull two topics out of the hat. Never it didn't work. And we went an hour and eighty four minutes. <laughs> it feels that way. We actually went forty two. Oh, did it? That's pretty good. I know. Yeah. But there's some things to think about. No, we had a bunch of things, yeah. That's the beauty of what we do, mm-hmm. is we give everyone their opinions. We impart their dignity to them. And I agree. That I think this is the best thing on the place. I think this is the best oh, thing. I, I say it. Yeah, Come I love on. doing this. We, we have so risen above the levels of, of these savages like Beck and Bergeer 
and Levin. His real name's Stephen. <laughs> Stephen. Yeah. I know. They don't tell you that, but his Stupid real name's Stephen. Ask him why. I just, yeah, I know. <laughs> We've so savages. Here we are. Here we are, soon to be unemployed. They're going <laughs> to impart to us the dignity, which is called unemployment. But you know what? We're going to have a great freaking poster. They was going to have all of our faces on there, mm-hmm. and we're going to be like, bam, there it is. Then we're going to make a movie. I want to be the raccoon. That's I want to be the raccoon. <laughs> that's dude. the one that's coming out as gay. They have an Avengers character who's coming out as gay. You just thought this was the last Avengers movie. It's only just going to be Avengers without gonna, Iron Man in it. They're going to do so many more Avengers movies, and one of them's coming out as gay, and I promise you it's going to be the raccoon. I'm going to steal Jerome away from Heaton. Yeah. Hey, you can name a raccoon, Jerome. That green woman's hot. Green woman, she's dead. No, she's not. Oh, is she back? I've I was slept through the last thirty minutes of the movie. That's all I'm gonna Maybe say. Maybe she did die in the movie. She died early. Did she on come in back? The movie. They're back. She's five years younger. She's oh, five years right. younger. Hey. They so did that. Like, here's what pisses me off, Heaton. Is that people spent eight years of their life watching Game of Thrones like it with a religious fervor. I mean like only to the goat. They named their children. Yeah, that was after great. After the characters. Turns out Daenerys wasn't a good bet. I love that. Khaleesi. Yeah. My chick's still alive. She went west of Westeros. Hey, no spoilers. I don't know what you're talking about. No Shut up. You know, all watch- I know is there's a midget and nipples. That's the only thing that old no, show. That's what there makes was a dragon. Show- there was nipples. That's what there's makes- a midget. See, that what, that's what makes that show great is that uh, they, they took what I already loved, which were the books by George R. R. Martin, and they slimmed them. finish the books. They slimmed them down, and they added nudity. Thank you, HBO. Thank you for that. <sighs> if you took the prequels from Star Wars... And you took out Jar Jar Banks and you added some tasteful sex scenes. I think they'd be pretty good movies. We're only one half of a generation away from naked Star Wars sex scenes. I hope we're getting close. We're getting I close. hope my kids are able. There's going to be a Leah prequel. Oh boy, the buns! I mean, the ones on the side of her head. Those are the yeah. hair buns. Anyway, but they took eight years of people's lives and they boiled it down to one season that made everybody hate that show. That's the way I see it. Mm. The power of media. Well, you know what? Not all television shows are created equal, and according to Andrew Heaton, neither are human beings. And that's our takeaway in this episode of High Balls with Heaton. Yeah, that's the sort of the Jack Brather show. We're going to come do this thing again. We're going to drink some. Oh, we never talked about the Nika coffee grain whiskey from Japan. We drank the entire bottle. That's why we. That's why we make as much sense as we do. Yeah, we really do. And I'm sorry. That Harry Truman dropped but, but a bomb. You, you and I both seem very articulate, but when, when we listen to this in retrospect, sober, is it just us uh, screaming at each other? My mother hates Is that it? <laughs> my mother. It's the best thing on Blaze TV. I agree. It's the best thing. Yeah. It's the most logical, succinct, uh, sacrosanct, and I don't even know what sacrosanct means, but mm-hmm. it sounds like it fits in that I'm going to put that on the ad copy for when I promote it. Yeah, sacrosanct. Yes. It's intelligent. This is a discussion that people should have. Mm-hmm. People are literally going to walk away from this episode with no idea if their life possesses value or not. <laughs> You're going to say, I hope I gave it to you. I'm going to say, I hope God gave it to you. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day... You're probably a loser that was watching Game of Thrones. I love you. God bless you. We'll talk to you next time. Bye.